Let's bring in Dr. David Hoffman, Associate Professor of Sociology at the University of New Brunswick and is with us now. David, thank you for the time. I hope you're doing well. I'm doing great. Thanks for having me again, Scott. Your thoughts on what you saw unravel yesterday, and again, I, I, I mean, I, I can't believe just at the demographic. I remember seeing some lady go through a window and then with a big smile on her face start taking selfies as she held up a piece of, I guess, the nameplate from from Pelosi's door. Uh, you know, th- this looked like, uh, you know, people at Disneyland. How do you explain this? Well, that's part of uh, one of the elements of, of what, constitutes the, the current far rights um, core ideology or, or, or what attracts a number of these individuals to the movement is, is um, it, it's a, a quest for significance. It's, it's, it's almost like a, they're, they're role-playing uh, a certain uh, fantasy. The, what I'm trying to get at here is um, in a world of, of grace, in a world of uncertainties, uh, conspiracy theories like the election was stolen from Trump or being put forward by, by QAnon um, is, a, is a very attractive way for, for people from all walks of life and all ages to place themselves at, at the center of this, this great power struggle to, to, to uh, make what they're doing significant, to allow them to achieve a, a form of, of transcendence, to be a part of something greater than themselves. So, I mean, why and how someone engages in this type of behavior is extremely complex. But when you when you mentioned the demographics, I mean, the first thing that comes to my mind is, is it's almost it's almost like they're trying to play out a, a fantasy, um, which is is, again, an element of many, many reasons why these people do what they do. Is this what the dis- disenfranchised have come to? I mean, we also have to ask, is this just about my team winning and your team losing? Or is this people that are just so frustrated with what their life has become, this is the only means they feel there is to, to make a statement? Well, you've touched on uh, another main reason why people get involved. And in, in really, this is exceptional and extraordinary behavior, uh, let alone the event, but how and why people can can um, uh, raid the Capitol building and, and engage in this uh, not only extremely risky behavior, but, but uh, I dare say unprecedented behavior in modern times. And the idea here is it, it's, it's symptomatic of greater anxieties and greater issues that Trump managed to tap into with his rhetoric and with his denial of the, the uh, election results. So, so what we're seeing here is uh, essentially the, the end game, the, the explosion of um, uh, anger of of, of disenfranchised. Uh, dis- oh, sorry, it tongue twister. Uh, disenfranchised people who um, who are uh, getting legitimized by by the most powerful person in their country, getting egged on by the most powerful person in their country, and therefore feel validated in expressing their um, their discontent in in a violent and and shocking way. What a, talk a little bit about the mob mentality here. It, it's like there's people standing there watching people beat a door down, and, you know, I'm not going to do that, but I'll watch you do it. But then once you bang the door open, come on, let's go, everybody come through. I, I mean, yeah. you know, again, not only should this be one of the most secure buildings in the world, I'm guessing it has quite an elaborate video system. Like, is there no fear of getting caught here? I'm thinking of the, the shots we've seen of the guy working the, wearing the Viking helmet and the person that's sitting in the mm-hmm. chair of of the speaker i mean at the end of the day you know they are going to get caught and they will be made examples of like this will not be a slap on the wrist for them no uh we we saw something similar with in 2010 with the vancouver riots 
people uh, and the yeah. high-profile people there who were arrested uh, were, you know, students, were law-abiding individuals. And the idea here, it's, it's a basic psychological concept called diffusion of responsibility. Uh, if it's just one person doing one thing, you can't, it's, it's much harder to shoulder the responsibilities for your action, particularly if it's antisocial or there's consequences. When there's uh, 10, 15, 20, 100 people doing things like this, the, the onus, the, 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 um, uh, the responsibility for the act gets shared. It, it's like, it's like literally sharing the, the, um, uh, I guess the guilt, uh, and the responsibility for the act amongst many people. So you, you get individuals engaging in behaviors that they ne- uh, normally would never, ever, ever do if they were alone or, um, uh, in a small group. But when there's hundreds of people doing it, well, it's very easy to point your neighbor. Well, you know, I was caught up in the moment or pointing to the, well, he was looting. Therefore I, I am a lot. <laughs> well, he was wearing, you know, the QAnon shaman thing and yelling. So it was more appropriate for me to go in and yell at the cops, so on and so forth. So it, it's, it's been documented very, very, uh, extensively in, in academic literature. So now everybody is like, oh, shock and dismay. Some are saying, well, couldn't you see this coming? But everybody is just totally uh, dumbfounded, disgusted with what has happened. Now, that being said, is this a come to Jesus moment for the politicians in that house? uh, Or will we see more of this? Um, I'm not sure it's a come to Jesus moment. I think think this is a, a, a monster that was created by uh, uh, bipartisan politics in the U.S., and there's a little bit of shock by, by uh, certain members of, of their government that this, you know, this... And it's a little bit of a silly shock that this, this great monster actually turned on them. You know, if, if you put a wolf in a cage and prod them for six months and, and then you, you let the wolf out of the cage, well, don't be surprised when that wolf bites you, bites you in the, uh, on the hunt, right? Um, whether, whether this is a, a come-to-Jesus moment, I, I'm... I'm not 100% sure. I, I, would, I would say, well, we haven't absolutely haven't seen Trumpism. Uh, Trumpism is going to endure long after Trump is gone, long after he's irrelevant, and long after uh, he's uh, uh, dead and gone. Uh, he's uh, touched into a nerve in American politics, which speaks to the angry, disenfranchised uh, um, uh, parts of uh, the United States that are adverse to change, that are adverse to giving up uh, long-held traditions and long-held privileges. And uh, we're going to see elements of of Trump and Trumpism in in politics for dates to come, which may lead to maybe not events of this magnitude, but this this type of of partisan unrest is, is just the beginning, I would say. Uh, last question. Many questioning the security in and around that building, the role of uh, Capitol Police. Some who you know were seen taking selfies. There's been mm-hmm. allegations that they actually uh, let them in. Uh, spokespeople from Black Lives Matter has said, you know, man, if this was us, there'd be a lot of be a lot more violence. Is there a double standard here? Is that accurate? Is it valid? Absolutely, absolutely. There's a double standard here. Uh, that, I mean, if you have the next hour and a half of your show to talk about it, I'm sure we can go through it in great detail. It has yeah. to do with systemic racism, has to do with imbalances of power, has to do with law enforcement in the U.S., but that is absolutely valid. Um, you just have to, uh, you know, you just have to spend five minutes on the Internet looking at the responses to, to BLM protests or uh, um, uh, other protests where people of color are 
mainly represented and uh, much, much harsher than what we saw at Capitol Hill. And uh, it's the cynic in me uh, will say that, that I'm not surprised it went out this way. It's, it's sad, it's disgusting, but I'm not surprised. Many talk about Donald Trump's base and how solid it is. Uh, this has obviously fractured the Republican Party. It's in two big pieces, uh, or one maybe smaller than the other. Who knows? What about the base? Is the base loving this? Um, or are they saying, I, you know what, this is way over the top? You have little cadres within the, the, the base itself. There's a certain there's a certain apologist element that are saying, oh, oh this is Antifa or or this is a false flag, and oh, oh that, uh, yeah, uh, for example, the, um, the QAnon shaman, the, the man you, you referenced uh, uh, earlier, the, the guy wearing the bear headdress had, who stood at the speaker's uh, podium, he's being, um, he's being uh, touted as an Antifa plant uh, by, by members of the base. Other members of the base uh, are, are expressing disappointment, while others are, are cheering along. Like any sort of complex social group, you have elements here that, that uh, are delighted, elements that are, revolted in elements that are trying to um, explain away or, or uh, uh, cast the blame on, on enemies or other groups. This is less about what your political stripe is and more just about extreme about extremism, isn't it? Yes, it's, it's 100% right on. It's, it's, um, this isn't your average conservative or Republican voter. This is the fringe of the fringe of the fringe. They were riled up. They were uh, encouraged to uh, go there. They were uh, rise up that morning by President Trump himself. So, I mean, uh, th- this doesn't represent, it represents an issue in American politics, the French. Dr. David Hoffman has been with us, Associate Professor of Sociology at the University of New Brunswick, talking about uh, what makes uh, rioters, demonstrators do what they do. David, thank you so much for the time and insight. Be well. Pleasure. Have a good one.